Chapter Three, Part Two of Principles of Geology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Principles of Geology by Charles Lyell. Chapter Three, Part Two. Controversy as to the real nature of fossil organic remains. Mattioli Fallapio. The system of scholastic disputations encouraged in the universities of the Middle Ages had unfortunately trained men to habits of indefinite argumentation, and they often preferred absurd and extravagant propositions because greater skill was required to maintain them. The end and object of these intellectual combats being victory and not truth no theory could be so far-fetched or fantastical as not to attract some followers provided it fell in with popular notions and as cosmogenists were not at all restricted in building their systems to the agency of known causes the opponents of frascatoro met his arguments by feigning imaginary causes which differed from each other rather in name than in substance andrea mattioli for instance an eminent botanist the illustrator of Dioscordis, embraced the notion of agricola a skilful german miner that a certain materials pinguis or fatty matter set into fermentation by heat gave birth to fossil organic shapes yet mattioli had come to the conclusion from his own observations that porous bodies such as bones and shells might be converted into stone as being permeable to what he termed the lapidifying juice in like manner fallapio of padua conceived that petrified shells were generated by fermentation in the spots where they are found or that they had in some cases acquired their form from the tumultuous movements of terrestrial exhalations although celebrated as a professor of anatomy he taught that certain tusks of elephants dug up in his time in apulia were mere earthly concretions and consistently with these principles he even went so far as to consider it probable that the vases of monte tescaseo at rome were natural impressions stamped in the soil in the same spirit mercati who published in fifteen seventy four faithful figures of the fossil shells preserved by pope sixtus v in the museum of the vatican expressed an opinion that they were mere stones which had assumed their peculiar configuration from the influence of the heavenly bodies and olivi of cremona who described the fossil remains of a rich museum at verona was satisfied with considering them as mere sports of nature some of the fanciful notions of those times were deemed less unreasonable as being somewhat in harmony with the aristotelian theory of spontaneous generation then taught in all the schools for men who had been taught in early youth that a large proportion of living animals and plants were formed from the fortuitous concourse of atoms or had sprung from the corruption of organic matter might easily persuade themselves that organic shapes often imperfectly preserved in the interior of solid rock 
owed their existence to causes equally obscure and mysterious cardano fifteen fifty two but there were not wanting some who during the progress of this century expressed more sound and sober opinions the title of a work of cardano's published in fifteen fifty two de corresponding to what would now be called transcendental philosophy would lead us to expect in the chapter on minerals many far-fetched theories characteristic of that age but when treating of petrified shells he decided that they clearly indicated the former sojourn of the sea upon the mountains cesalpino majoli cesalpino a celebrated botanist conceived that fossil shells had been left on the land by the retiring sea and had concreted into stone during the consolidation of the soil and in the following year fifteen ninety seven simeon majoli went still farther and coinciding for the most part with the views of cesalpino suggested that the shells and submarine matter of the veronese and other districts might have been cast up upon the land by volcanic explosions like those which gave rise in fifteen thirty eight to monte nuovo near puzzoli this hint seems to have been the first imperfect attempt to connect the position of fossil shells with the agency of volcanoes a system afterwards more fully developed by hook lazaro moro hutton and other writers two years afterwards imperati advocated the animal origin of fossilized shells yet admitted that stones could vegetate by force of an internal principle and as evidence of this he referred to the teeth of fish and spines of achini found petrified policy fifteen eighty policy a french writer on the origin of springs from rainwater and of other scientific works undertook in fifteen eighty to combat the notions of many of his contemporaries in italy that petrified shells had all been deposited by the universal deluge he was the first said fontenelle when in the french academy he pronounced his eulogy nearly a century and a half later who dared assert in paris that fossil remains of testacea and fish had once belonged to marine animals fabio colonna to enumerate the multitude of italian writers who advanced various hypotheses all equally fantastical in the early part of the seventeenth century would be unprofitably tedious but fabio colonna deserves to be distinguished for although he gave way to the dogma that all fossil remains were to be referred to the deluge of noah he resisted the absurd theory of steludi who taught that fossil wood and ammonites were mere clay altered into such forms by sulphurous waters and subterranean heat and he pointed out the different states of shells buried in the strata distinguishing between first the mere mould or impression second the cast or nucleus and thirdly the remains of the shell itself he had also the merit of being the first to point out that some of the fossils had belonged to marine and some to terrestrial testacea steno sixteen sixty nine 
but the most remarkable work of that period was published by steno a dane once professor of anatomy at padua and who afterwards resided many years at the court of the grand duke of tuscany his treatise bears the quaint title of de solido intra solidum natural tier contento sixteen sixty nine by which the author intended to express on gems crystals and organic petrifactions enclosed within solid rocks this work attests the priority of the italian school in geological research exemplifying at the same time the powerful obstacles opposed in that age to the general reception of enlarged views in the science it was still a favorite dogma that the fossil remains of shells and marine creatures were not of animal origin an opinion adhered to by many from their extreme reluctance to believe that the earth could have been inhabited by living beings before a great part of the existing mountains were formed in reference to this controversy steno had dissected a shark recently taken from the mediterranean and had demonstrated that its teeth and bones were identical with many fossils found in tuscany he had also compared the shells discovered in the italian strata with living species pointed out their resemblance and traced the various gradations from shells merely calcined or which had only lost their animal gluten to those petrifactions in which there was a perfect substitution of stony matter in his division of mineral masses he insisted on the secondary origin of those deposits in which the spoils of animals or fragments of older rocks were enclosed he distinguished between marine formations and those of a fluviatile character the last containing reeds grasses or the trunks and branches of trees he argued in favor of the original horizontality of sedimentary deposits attributing their present inclined and vertical position sometimes to the escape of subterranean vapors heaving the crust of the earth from below upwards and sometimes to the falling in of masses overlying subterranean cavities he declared that he had obtained proof that tuscany must successively have acquired six distinct configurations having been twice covered by water twice laid dry with a level and twice with an irregular and uneven surface he displayed great anxiety to reconcile his new views with scripture for which purpose he pointed to certain rocks as having been formed before the existence of animals and plants selecting unfortunately as examples certain formations of limestone and sandstone in his own country now known to contain though sparingly the remains of animals and plants strata which do not even rank as the oldest part of our secondary series steno suggested that moses when speaking of the loftiest mountains as having been covered by the deluge meant merely the loftiest of the hills then existing which may not have been very high the diluvian waters he supposed may have issued from the interior of the earth into which they had retired when in the beginning the land was separated from the sea these and other hypotheses on the same subject are not calculated to enhance the value of the treatise and could scarcely fail to detract from the authority of those opinions which were sound 
and legitimate deductions from fact and observation they have served nevertheless as the germs of many popular theories of later times and in an expanded form have been put forth as original inventions by some of our contemporaries Scylla, sixteen seventy Scylla, a sicilian painter published in sixteen seventy a treatise in latin on the fossils of calabria illustrated by good engravings this work proves the continued ascendancy of dogmas often refuted for we find the wit and eloquence of the author chiefly directed against the obstinate incredulity of naturalists as to the organic nature of fossil shells like many eminent naturalists of his day scylla gave way to the popular persuasion that all fossil shells were the effects and proofs of the mosaic deluge it may be doubted whether he was perfectly sincere and some of his contemporaries who took the same course were certainly not so but so eager were they to root out what they justly considered an absurd prejudice respecting the nature of organized fossils that they seem to have been ready to make any concessions in order to establish this preliminary point such a compromising policy was short-sighted since it was to little purpose that the nature of the documents should at length be correctly understood if men were to be prevented from deducing fair conclusions from them diluvial theory the theologians who now entered the field in italy germany france and england were innumerable and henceforward they who refused to subscribe to the position that all marine organic remains were proofs of the mosaic deluge were exposed to the imputation of disbelieving the whole of the sacred writings scarcely any step had been made in approximating to sound theories since the time of frascatoro more than a hundred years having been lost in writing down the dogma that organized fossils were mere sports of nature an additional period of a century and a half was now destined to be consumed in exploding the hypothesis that organized fossils had all been buried in the solid strata by noah's flood never did a theoretical fallacy in any branch of science interfere more seriously with accurate observation and the systematic classification of facts in recent times we may attribute our rapid progress chiefly to the careful determination of the order of succession in mineral masses by means of their different organic contents and their regular superposition but the old diluvialists were induced by their system to confound all the groups of strata together instead of discriminating to refer all appearances to one cause and to one brief period not to a variety of causes acting throughout a long succession of epochs they saw the phenomena only as they desired to see them sometimes misrepresenting facts and at other times deducing false conclusions from correct data under the influences of such prejudices three centuries were of as little avail as a few years in our own times when we are no longer required to propel the vessel against the force of an adverse current it may be well therefore to forewarn the reader that in tracing the history of geology from the close of the seventeenth to the end of the eighteenth century he must expect to be occupied 
with accounts of the retardation as well as of the advance of the science it will be necessary to point out the frequent revival of exploded errors and the relapse from sound to the most absurd opinions and to dwell on futile reasoning and visionary hypothesis because some of the most extravagant systems were invented or controverted by men of acknowledged talent in short a sketch of the progress of geology is the history of a constant and violent struggle of new opinions against doctrines sanctioned by the implicit faith of many generations and supposed to rest on scriptural authority the inquiry therefore although highly interesting to one who studies the philosophy of the human mind is too often barren of instruction to him who searches for truths in physical science quirini sixteen seventy six quirini in sixteen seventy six contended in opposition to scylla that the diluvian waters could not have conveyed heavy bodies to the summit of mountains since the agitation of the sea never as boyle had demonstrated extended to great depths and still less could the testacea as some pretended have lived in these diluvian waters for the duration of the flood was brief and the heavy rains must have destroyed the saltness of the sea he was the first writer who ventured to maintain that the universality of the mosaic cataclysm ought not to be insisted upon as to the nature of petrified shells he conceived that as earthly particles united in the sea to form the shells of mollusca the same crystallizing process might be effected on the land and that in the latter case the germs of the animals might have been disseminated through the substance of the rocks and afterwards developed by virtue of humidity visionary as was this doctrine it gained many proselytes even amongst the more sober reasoners of italy and germany for it conceded that the position of fossil bodies could not be accounted for by the diluvial theory plot lister sixteen seventy eight in the meantime the doctrine that fossil shells had never belonged to real animals maintained its ground in england where the agitation of the question began at a much later period dr plot in his natural history of oxfordshire sixteen seventy seven attributed to a plastic virtue latent in the earth the origin of fossil shells and fishes and lister to his accurate account of british shells in sixteen seventy eight added the fossil species under the appellation of turbinated and bivalve stones either said he these were terrigenous or if otherwise the animals they so exactly represent have become extinct this writer appears to have been the first who was aware of the continuity over large districts of the principal groups of strata in the british series and who proposed the construction of regular geological maps leibniz sixteen eighty the great mathematician leibniz published his protegia in sixteen eighty he imagined this planet to have been originally a burning luminous mass which ever since its creation has been undergoing refrigeration when the outer crust had cooled down sufficiently to allow the vapors to be condensed they fell and formed a universal ocean covering the loftiest mountains and investing the whole globe 
the crust as it consolidated from a state of fusion assumed a vesicular and cavernous structure and being rent in some places allowed the water to rush into the subterranean hollows whereby the level of the primeval ocean was lowered the breaking in of these vast caverns is supposed to have given rise to the dislocated and deranged position of the strata which steno had described and the same disruptions communicated violent movements to the incumbent waters whence great inundations ensued the waters after they had been thus agitated deposited their sedimentary matter during intervals of quiescence and hence the various stony and earthy strata we may recognize therefore says leibnitz a double origin of primitive masses the one by refrigeration from igneous fusion the other by concretion from aqueous solution by the repetition of similar causes the disruption of the crust and consequent floods alternations of new strata were produced until at length these causes were reduced to a condition of quiescent equilibrium and a more permanent state of things was established End of chapter three part two